In case you didn't know, the absolute easiest way to manipulate and control anybody is through the use of fear. We see this all the time. We see it in our personal lives. We see it on a grand scale. Fear is the enemy that nobody seems to be able to overcome. It is something that you have to learn to deal with and manage. Otherwise, you will forever be a slave. You will forever be at the mercy of people who can instill fear in you. You will never be confident in a relationship. You will never have any power in a relationship if you are constantly afraid that the other person is going to leave you because you will let them disrespect your boundaries. You will let them push you around. You will let them get away with things that they should not because you're scared that if you stand up for yourself that they will leave you. This is going to cause them to lose respect for you. It's going to cause them to step over your boundaries, even if they care about you. They're going to make mistakes because we all do. We're all people. They're going to transgress those, those boundaries at some point, whether they mean to or not. But if you do not enforce them, over time what happens is it, it erodes that respect that they have for you. It erodes the foundations of your relationship. If you are afraid to go against popular opinion, if you are afraid to speak your mind, to stand up for what you believe in, you will forever be at the mercy of other people. And it's not even that you're at the mercy of other people. This is where it gets really interesting. We tend to think that people believe the things that they say, which is kind of makes sense. But the thing is that everybody thinks that. So there's been a lot of studies that showed that people in general will have views that disagree with the majority, the perceived majority. And everybody believes, so like, let's say it's a political ideology, for example. A lot of people will believe that everyone agree, is on the same page, everyone agrees, but their individual views are a little bit different. But they're not going to say anything about that because they don't want to disagree with the majority. While in reality, everyone has slightly differing, differing views. Everybody kind of disagrees with that majority. And so that perceived majority viewpoint is not even real. Everybody's acting as if it's real so that nobody finds out that they actually disagree with it. Their views aren't that extreme. They actually kind of think that certain things are okay or not so bad. And certain things are bad and not okay. But they don't speak up about that because they think other people will disagree with them. And then on occasion, they do speak up and people do disagree with them. And they don't realize that, hey, there's like five or six people that are coming after me, giving me hate comments. But there's also thousands of people that might be agreeing with me and not saying anything. I kind of experienced this recently um, just on my social media pages. I said a few things that were apparently controversial, God forbid. And people were kind of laying into me for it. And at first it felt like maybe people don't like this. Then I realized I gained like 10,000 followers overnight. Those people aren't reaching out to me saying that I'm doing something right, but they obviously support me to some extent if they're willing to listen to me. But it, 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 the perception is that a lot of people are angry with me. Now, for me personally, I don't give a shit. So that actually kind of motivates me and inspires me because I'm like, okay, cool. If I'm pissing people off, that means I'm saying things that have some kind of value to them. If I wasn't upsetting people, then I'm not saying anything that's worth saying. That being said, though, it's really difficult to stand out away from the crowd and to speak your mind and to do things that disagree with the common narrative. That could be something as simple as maybe you don't want to work a nine to five job for the rest of your life. Maybe you don't want the stereotypical relationship. Maybe you disagree 
with the way that people treat relationships these days. Maybe you disagree with the career path that has been laid out before you. Maybe you disagree with the government policies that are being enacted, but you don't want to stand up and say that you disagree with this. You don't want to make a difference in your community because you're afraid that you will be alienated. You are afraid that you will be attacked, that you will be ostracized. And this is a valid fear. This is a, this is a real thing. It's not nothing. I'm not invalidating the sensation of being excluded from the group because it's an intense feeling. It's not something that's pleasant at all. However, if you are not willing to put yourself out there, you're not willing to do the things that do scare you, one day something bad will happen and you will be too afraid to stand up for yourself. You will be too afraid to take action, to take charge of your life because you have not created the habit of taking charge of your life. You do not have a habit of standing up for yourself. And if you let all the little things slide for years and years and you just tell yourself, well, if it's a big thing, I'll let it go or I'll do something about it. No, you won't because you've done, you've created this habit. You've taught yourself that you're the kind of person that lets things go. And you let all these little things go. That's analogous to a big thing, right? 10 little things equal one big thing. Well, you're letting hundreds of little things go every day because you're afraid to say something. You won't say something to your partner because you're scared they'll leave you. You won't say something to your boss because you think you'll get fired. You won't say something to this customer because blah, blah, blah. I'm not telling you to go out there and intentionally cause trouble. But the reality is that the, the, the consequences that we are afraid of, nine times out of 10, are not real. And I kind of learned this, uh, well, I've, I've kind of repeatedly learned this. It really impressed itself upon me at my last job because I started to kind of get agitated. And I started to look around, I realized like, these people are getting away with a lot and they're not getting fired. And I always felt like I had to be good. I had to be on my best behavior. I had to be a good employee. But why am I doing it and other people aren't? So I started pushing the boundaries a little bit because I'm a little bit of a child and I want to see what I can get away with. Because why not? If I don't have to follow the rules and I don't like the rules, why would I follow the rules? So I started testing the boundaries. And what I found was that most of the reactions that I got were somewhat unpleasant, but there were no real consequences to it. And a lot of times is how it works out. You may fear leaving your current job, going to something that's dangerous, quote unquote. Maybe it's unstable. Maybe you could fail. Maybe there's no guaranteed income. Maybe it's a new environment that you might not know anything about and you might not be good at it. And there's all this danger. It's like, oh, I'm giving up security. I'm giving up all this, that, and the other. Is it worth being afraid of, though? What is the worst case scenario that can possibly happen? Because a lot of people lost their jobs over the last two years. A lot of people were out of work. A lot of people lost relationships, things that matter to them. A lot of the existing structures that we rely on, that we trust in, were shown to be nothing more than illusions. They dissolved in front of us, right before our eyes. And people still cling to them. And what's important, though, is to understand that we survived everything that happened. We survived all that stuff. We got through all that. We lost jobs. We lost economies. We lost environments. Well, we didn't completely lose the economy, but we lost a lot of things that we thought were safe and stable. And we started to realize that we don't have the freedom that we thought we did. We like to say that we're free. We like to say that we have some free will, freedom of choice. But then we saw recently how easy it is to control people. And how do they do that? They did it through fear. They did it by spreading this agenda this narrative that things are scary, things are bad, and if you go against the common opinion, 
that you could die, that you could kill somebody else, that something bad would happen to you. And then it blinds people to the reality of what's happening, and not everybody. But the easiest way to control people is always through fear. You guys might remember the five basic weaknesses, fear, lust, anger, greed, sympathy. All of those are something that we are all prone to. Those are all things that affect us to some extent. Those are things that at any time, if we do not manage them well, are going to allow other people an opportunity to get one over on us. They're going to allow the opportunity for us to fail at something because it is a weakness in our personality. Maybe, maybe somebody's not out to get us per se, but everything is a competition. And it's not a kill or be killed competition typically, but th there is a competition, right? Like you, you, have to, you have to outperform other people. You have to do better than other people if you want certain things. And some people are not very competitive and they try to exist in a very flaccid kind of meaningless frictionless way and they say well there's, there's security in this and i it, no it's fear it's fear of failure it's fear of being out competed so they never try and they tell themselves oh well i'm not trying so i can't really fail well no you failed by not trying but the point i'm making here is that whether somebody intentionally is trying to control you or whether the idea the notion of something that is controlling you, that is keeping you trapped in some sort of system. Either way, if you cannot master your fear, if you cannot make yourself do the things that you are scared to do, you will be enslaved to those processes, to those individuals, to those, those systems. So for example, you may be afraid to leave a job because there's, there's all sorts of potential risks. There's all sorts of things that could go wrong, that could happen. And things are kind of comfortable here, right? And maybe like in that situation, there's not really somebody that's like trying to scare you into going into not going for it. But there is a system in place that has told you this this popular opinion that has told you, well, that doesn't work, don't do it. And so it becomes a fearful endeavor. And here's the thing though, is that that might be the popular opinion, but that doesn't mean that it's real. People are wrong about a lot of things. People are routinely wrong about a lot of things. One thing that I get a lot is I, I, I tell people, you know, like, I want to be rich. I want to be a millionaire, multimillionaire, young. I don't want it to be from my Roth IRA when I'm fucking 65 years old. I want to enjoy my life and I want to enjoy it with wealth. People say, well, that's not possible. Life doesn't work that way. That's not true. I know lots of people. I see lots of people all the time that are doing things that I can, that, that have my dream life. That are doing the things that I want to do. And they're not really any smarter than me. A lot of times they're actually pretty dumb. And I saw this yesterday. I actually got really mad. I was driving. I was going. I got off the exit. And so it's an exit off of like one interstate to another. And I see this massive traffic jam. I'm like crap. I don't want to send traffic. And I just see like a mile worth of cars just lined up. I'm like fuck. I'm going to be stuck here forever. And then I get closer. And I think, hold on a second. Are they all just sitting in the left lane? And I get closer and I say, sure enough, yeah, the, the right lane's completely open. There is a line of cars almost a mile long. I drove for like five minutes straight, just passing cars in this left lane. People are flipping me off, honking at me, getting mad at me, like that I'm passing them. There was absolutely no need for this long line. 
Absolutely none at all. I went almost all the way to the end of the exit. I sat in traffic for all of a minute. These people were clearly sitting there for at least 20 minutes. At least. It was this massive. It was, I'm not kidding. It was like a mile long. People were just not moving. And the right lane is open. Why are they not getting over? Because nobody else is. I guarantee you that if one person got out of that line and went around, more people would follow. And once more people followed, then, then, then like, things would start to like actually move forward. But no, these people are stupid. They sit there. And these are not like the dumbest of the dumb people. This is the average human. The average human is not very smart. The average human is not intelligent. So when you base your fears off of what that average person fears, if they tell you, hey, this is not a good idea, this is something you should be scared of, you're basing your fear off of something that somebody has told you and that person is not likely to be any smarter than you. They probably don't have much more experience than you, even if they're older than you. This gets me with elderly people a lot. I've been around longer, I know more than you. Well, maybe, but if you have lived a very limited, very narrow life, if you've only ever done things one particular way, if you have followed the common narrative, if you have followed exactly what your parents told you your entire life, and you've just carried on this general, or excuse me, this general um, generational cycle of just failure, and you haven't done anything that nobody else before you did, and you're stuck in this system, you're stuck in this loop, do you know more than me? If you've done things the exact same way every single day for 20 years and you're stuck in your ways and you can't even consider new ideas, do you really know more than me? I don't think so. I always listen to people that I think have something to offer that I think may be smarter than me. I at least give everybody the benefit of the doubt. And even stupid people can sometimes give you good advice. That's true. You shouldn't, you shouldn't worry about where the, the advice comes from. If it makes sense, if it's, a good, if it's good advice, like take it. But assuming that people have this stuff figured out is lunacy. It is ridiculous. People don't know what they're doing. They have no idea what they're doing. And they tell you to be afraid of these things because they're, they are afraid of them. And they don't want you breaking their rules because that would imply that their rules are fake, that their rules are meaningless, and they've based their lives on these rules. So of course they don't want you to break them. So these people are sitting in traffic for who knows how long. This is not the first time this has happened to me, by the way, it's happened a few years ago. I remember it was, um, it was, it was a little bit reversed. There was construction. I passed a sign. It said construction in 10 miles. Okay, cool. Left lane closed. All right, cool. Construction coming up. This is on interstate 40. Driving a little while. Then I see construction in five miles. There is a line of cars in the right lane. Again, it's saying the left lane is closed. There's a line of cars in the right lane. And people are just sitting there. And construction of five miles left lane closed. So I start passing these idiots. And then there's these people that are sitting in the left lane trying to block traffic so nobody can get through. So naturally being the asshole that I am, I went into the, into the grass and passed these people. These people try to hit me. Several people tried to like run me off the road. I was already off the road, so it didn't matter. Um, but they but like, what kind of ridiculous mindset is that? Where you think, oh, like this lane's eventually gonna be closed. I'm gonna sit here. I drove for miles, miles, before I got to a point where I actually needed to merge. And then people are flipping me off, honking at me, the same as it, as it was yesterday. So that was probably worse. So this is not like a unique experience. This has happened to me multiple times. I'm sure it's happened to you too. Maybe, maybe something comparable to that, 
where you see people doing something and it's that herd mentality. It's that sheep mindset where they're just, they follow what everyone else does and nobody wants to go against the grain. Why? Because they're afraid. Because they don't want to think because they are lazy. It's difficult to think for yourself. We all joke about how oh, people are so stupid. Nobody thinks for themselves. But you can see that everyone does that. Thinking is uncomfortable. So I work in sales. And one of the biggest obstacles that I have identified in sales, especially when you're doing like door to door, something that requires a quick pitch, something that's like fast, like you got to get in there, you got to break down barriers, you got to connect with people very quickly. It's tough. It's hard. So one of the obstacles that I have identified is that if somebody has not ever put thought into this product before, if they were not already interested, what you're doing is you're asking them to think about a very complicated series of things. They have to think about cost. They have to think about value. They have to consider all these different variables, all these different factors. They have to like think, they have to do calculations in their head to figure out, is this something that's worth it to me? Is this something that I'm interested in? Is this a person that I can trust? Should I get it from this person? There's all these things that you have to think about. That is the toughest part of sales because people will not fucking do it. They will not think. They refuse to. You can, I, I can see the look on their face when they start having to think about like stuff. I've never thought about that before. Uh, I'm not interested. And it's like, it's genuinely a valuable product. It's genuinely something that can help you. Like I'm not, I, I don't believe in selling things that are just garbage. I've had to do it before, but like at this point in my career, I don't have to, I have enough sales experience that I can, I can, I have discretion over what I choose to sell and where I choose to work. So I, don't, I pick things that like I genuinely believe in. And I'm watching these people and like, I know that it's not because of me Sometimes it is. Sometimes I don't click with people. Sometimes people look at me and they're, I just I can tell that they don't, they don't like me. Whatever. It happens. Not everybody's going to like you. Sometimes I fumble. Sometimes I mess up. 100%. 90% of the time, I see the look on people's face, the pain in their eyes when their brain starts to work, and they're like, no, I'm not doing this. And they just face, yeah, I'm not interested. That is the hardest part of sales, at least for me. You've got to get people to think. <laughs> people don't do that. People don't want to do that. And we look at like, you look at political parties and one person looks like the left looks at the right and the, the right looks at the left. They say, how can they be so stupid? And then the other side's looking at them going, how can they be so stupid? And everyone just thinks like, oh, everyone's dumb and just following the herd. And they don't realize that they're doing the same thing. They don't realize that they are stuck in that same mentality. Guys, this is really important to understand. We live based off of biases biases, however you say it, we live based off of illusions. Our brains do not process information accurately. I started this whole show off talking about like stuff like the confirmation bias, repetition bias. Actually, I don't think I did the repetition bias, um, the fundamental attribution error, all of these like little quirks and these weird things that we've discovered about the brain. I started talking about that stuff because it was very interesting. What that has led me to realize though, is that nothing that we think about this world is real. Nothing that we think about ourselves is real. Everything is very subjective, it's very biased. And so when you start to see the decisions that people make as a result of these inefficiencies in the way that their brain functions, it starts to become painfully obvious that they are not living as free people, that they are not living to the to the utmost of their potential, they are living based off of 
systems that have been designed to control them. Okay. Like, for example, the legal system. I'm not saying the legal system is bad. I think that there's definitely bad qualities to it. But in general, like we need some kind of legal system. I'm not saying I'm not an anarchist, but you look at these systems like why does this system exist? Because we all agree to follow the rules to some extent, and we all agree to punish the people that break those rules. Okay, that's that's how it works. If everybody were to say, "Yeah, we're not doing that anymore," the law would cease to exist. It's not real. It's just something that we agree on. There's there's nothing tangible there. It's not a law of physics. It's not you know two objects can occupy the same space at the same time. Well, if we all just start agreeing that you can walk through doors, it doesn't mean that you're not going to break your nose next time you try to walk through one. But laws, the legal system is not like that. And the legal system is kind of an easy example to look at. But look, what happens when there's unjust laws? What happens when there, when there are laws that should not be there? Or there's an interpretation of the law that is not good for the, for the majority of people when it is biased. So, for example, if, um, you know, like a religious debate comes into it, you know, like, I think we can all agree that there should be freedom of religion and whatnot, but there should also be a separation between that person's individual beliefs about the interpretation of their religious doctrine and the legal processes that are set up. Like if, if there, if those two are dependent upon each other, what about somebody who doesn't agree with that? What about somebody who doesn't jive with that system? Right. And that's why in the West we have separation of church and state, but it doesn't always work out that way because a lot of the lawmakers, a lot of the people that pass these bills, they have their own beliefs and their own agendas. They have their own perceptions. They have their own biases and they make decisions. And that's all that these things are. These, these, these processes that we have, the rules, the norms, the laws, the, so, the social congruency that we have, it's based off of individuals making decisions. And those individuals, you have to understand, are not smarter than you. They may be more competent in certain things. Some of them are smarter than you. Obviously, there's plenty of people who are above average. But most people are kind of about the same, more or less. They all fall in like the same little chunk of that bell curve. And there's the outliers on either side. But like the people that create the rules that we live by, whether that's a legal system or whether that's just, hey, this is how we do things. This is how this company is going to function. This is how like you got to go to a nine to five job. Um, the only way to retire is to wait till you're 65. Hopefully you have a 401k, you have an IRA, something like that. That's the only way you can be successful. Those people are not smarter than you. They may be older than you and more experienced than you, but that doesn't mean that they have used their brain at all the entire time they've been an adult. It doesn't mean that they are actually intelligent people. And so when you base your life decisions off of what these people think, and you are too afraid to go against these norms, you are a slave. You are trapped by dumb people. And that is the position that we find ourselves in. And the only way to overcome fear is to embrace it. It's to learn to accept it and to do the things that we believe are worth doing regardless of how we feel. So you look at it and you say, okay, there's something that I want to do, I want to accomplish, and I'm scared. Good. That is a normal reaction. There is nothing wrong with being afraid. Being, feeling the sensation of fear means that you are a healthy human being. You're supposed to feel afraid when you are confronted with things that could potentially hurt you. However, if you live in that fear, if you think that something is worth doing and you don't do it because you're scared, 
you are trapped by an illusion. Because a lot of times the things that we are afraid of either don't come to fruition or they're not actually that bad. Like maybe you're afraid to stand up for yourself in a relationship and you're scared that this person is going to leave you because they're the love of your life. And then you finally do it. You, you, you hit your breaking point. You hit, you've had enough. You stand up for yourself and they leave you. And you realize, well, actually, this isn't so bad. I was so scared of being single and lonely, but I can handle it. It's not actually as bad as I thought it would be. Then you meet somebody else. Why was I so scared of this? This person respects my boundaries. This person respects me as a person. This person loves me even more. I thought I was in love before. This is actually seven, eight times better. I don't know why I came up with that number. It just came to me. Whatever. Or maybe you stand up for yourself and that person realizes, hey, I didn't realize I was, I was crossing a boundary. I genuinely love you and care about you. I'm sorry. I'm going to fix it. My bad. And it's like, oh, why was I scared to do that? This person cares about me. And if they care about me, then they're not going to make my life miserable, unintentionally anyway. So look at the same thing with the job. You know, you're scared to switch careers. You're, you're scared to try something that you're more excited about. Or you don't even have something that you want to do. You just know that you hate where you are now. Do something. Get out of that. Living in fear of change will keep you trapped. It will keep you at the mercy of the systems that you have created for yourself, the, 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 the people that are trying to control you. And I'm not necessarily saying that, like, there's people that are out to get you. Sometimes there probably are. But at the same time, a lot of that stuff is, is illusions that you have created for yourself because you have watched other people, you have established these social norms, and you believe that things should be that way because they are that way. And you fail to analyze the decisions that were made based off of anything quantitative. And you look at these, you look at these rules that are in place. Well, we do things this way. Why? Did the person who came up with this rule, were they, were they significantly smarter than you? Did they have your best interest at heart? You look at these laws. Laws are, I'm going to go back to laws. Laws are a great example. There, you can, when you look, when you start learning about like how businesses work and how a business can operate as uh, an individual, how it removes liability. So you can basically start a business, do all sorts of crazy, unethical stuff, get shut down, go bankrupt, be in tremendous debt, you can shut down and just reopen a business. You can sometimes reopen the same business and everything just goes away. Like, does that make any sense? You look at like how, how money um, compounds and how money you kind of, um, how, how rich people use like their, their life insurance policies to, to become even more wealthy. And it's like those systems were designed by people who wanted to get rich, who wanted to protect themselves, who wanted, they were, they were in positions where they wanted a certain privilege, they wanted a certain power, they wanted the ability to do certain things, so they passed laws that benefited them. And it, it sometimes you look at the laws, especially in the West, and it's like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why is that a rule? Why do we follow that? And a lot of times it's not even the, the, the tangible laws. A lot of times it's the social norms. It's like, oh, well, everyone does this here. Why? That's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, well, that's, you ain't from around here. That ain't how we do stuff. It doesn't make any sense. And you can, it doesn't, it's not hard to find examples of these things. Go, I challenge you today, go walk around in your life, identify things that are stupid, identify things that do not make any sense. Watch people very closely and see how they do things 
based off of what other people do. And there's something really interesting that I was reading about recently, how you can't really ever know what somebody is like because they act differently around you than they do other people. They act different in different situations and environments because we mirror other people to some extent. And it doesn't mean that we're totally at their mercy, but you cannot ignore the environmental and social factors and the effect that they have on our personality because it's a very powerful effect. People will behave very differently in different environments. And that's just part of human nature. This is kind of how we act. There's, there's no point in, I mean, I think there, there is some point in, in learning to overcome those things, but there's also, you have to understand that it's going to happen. Even if you are very aware of it and you are actively working on it, which you should be, it, it's, still going to, it's still going to affect you because most of this stuff happens unconsciously. You're not even aware that it's happening. And the more you learn about psychology, the more you realize that you really don't know what the hell's going on. But a lot of these, these, this common wisdom, this knowledge that we have, it's created by people who are not any smarter than us. And that really hit home for me recently because I was reading about some ideologies that are very popular, that are taught in school, that are have courses taught about them, that a lot of people follow, that a lot of people believe in, that are doing, that are creating a lot of division in our world. And I started, and I kind of assumed that they were like, well, you know, there, there must be some truth to them if everybody believes it. And I started looking into these ideologies and I realized it's not founded in reality at all. It's founded in complete delusion. There is no sense to these things that people believe in that are fighting over. If you want an example of things that people fight over, look at all the wars that are fought over religion. It's like, well, I interpret this book differently than you interpret that book. Sometimes we misinterpret the same book. We're going to go kill each other over it. I believe that God is this person. I believe that God is this person. I'm going to go kill you over it. What? I'm going to force you to conform to my standards of morality. Why? You conform to your standards of morality. And as long as I don't hurt you, you leave me alone. That makes sense to me. But no, that doesn't make sense to most people. These rules that are put in place are created by humans who are prone to the same psychological inadequacies, to the same bias, to the same self-serving motivations, to the same corruption as everyone else. So it's very important that you take responsibility for your life. You look around and you say, are these systems, does this belief, this thing that I'm scared to do, am I told that I shouldn't do it because of my own fear or because somebody else told me this? Is this based in reality? Is it something that can honestly hurt me? Because if somebody else is telling me you shouldn't, I shouldn't do this, then I really need to find out, is, does this person have what I want? If I want to be rich, which I do, I don't take advice from my family. I don't take advice from my, most of my friends. Um, I don't take advice from really anybody who isn't significantly wealthier than I am. Why? Why would I? Those people don't have what I want. They're, their goals, even if they have the goal to be wealthy too, they typically have the stereotypical goal that, well, I'm going to retire wealthy. Dude, I don't want that. I want to enjoy my life. And I promise you, I would not be where I am today. Um, I would not be even half as well off as I am now if I had that mentality. Because I found people who had things that I wanted and I asked them for advice. But the problem with most people is that they, they ask the people around them for advice 
And then they're scared to go against what those people tell them because they don't want to be ostracized from the community. They don't want to be seen as the black sheep who says, you know, my whole family does things this way. I say, no, I'm not going to college. I'm going to start a business. No, I'm going to go. I'm going to work in this startup and try to try to create something. And the whole family's like, you need to go to school. You need to. It's like you don't want to be ostracized from that. You don't want to be outcast. So what do you do? Well, you live in fear. You live in fear of disappointing those people. You live in fear of going against those people. You live in your own fear. Your own fear is powerful enough. When you look at something that is scary and intimidating, you look at like this relationship that you, you want to commit to, but you're scared to because you could get hurt and you probably will get hurt at some point. You just, you don't know how bad it is. You don't know what's going to happen. Or you look at this job or you look at this, this move, this opportunity. You look at this opportunity to speak your mind. There's something that you think is wrong, but you're scared to speak up and you do not have a habit of facing your fears. You do not have a habit of doing the things that you believe are worth doing, regardless of how you feel. Because the things that are worth doing are typically hard. They're typically painful. They typically involve a real risk. So they're dangerous. So they're going to make you feel afraid. Change is uncomfortable. They're going to require discipline to carry out these things. You're going to have to learn to be okay not feeling good. You're going to feel depressed. You're going to feel anxious. You're going to feel sad. You're going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to feel afraid. If you do not overcome these things in your personal life, you are not equipped to help the world as it goes through the transitions that it is. Because there is a lot of, like, on a personal level, nobody's really trying to screw with your life. Not, not that much, anyway. It's mostly you screwing with yourself. But on a global scale, there are absolutely people that are manipulating the course of events, that are manipulating popular opinion, that are controlling people with fear, with all these other basic weaknesses, that are creating division. And it is a dangerous road to go down. And you are not prepared to help anybody if you can't confront your personal fears in your daily life. If you want to be of any value to the world, you have to create value for yourself first. You have to learn to face those fears. You have to learn to establish a certain amount of discipline to make yourself do the things that you don't want to do. And this may not seem relevant yet, but you saw what's been happening in the last few years. You guys have seen the dark road that we are down, the slippery slope. I hate saying that phrase because I always fumble it, but I think I said it okay just now. But you see the, the path that we're on. Things like I don't even care what side of the table you fall on in terms of like ideology. You understand that like nobody thinks that the world is a good place right now. Nobody thinks that the world is headed in a good direction. It doesn't matter. Why? Because everybody's afraid. Because people are controlling our opinions through the use of fear. Stop watching the news, first of all. If you're, doing, if you're watching the news, stop. Just stop. But also, take responsibility for your life. You don't have to focus on changing the world. You don't even have to care about changing the world. Focus on changing yourself. Focus on taking responsibility for the things that you can. In doing that, you will put yourself in a position where the things that you believe are true and right, you will naturally have the opportunity to stand up for. So that starts with you evaluating your life, saying, what am I afraid to do? And you look at that and you say, well, is it worth doing? And if it's worth doing, go find a way to do it. And that will change your life more than anything else will. That is the best hack for success, for overcoming your mind. People look at anxiety and depression and they're like, how do I fix this? Listen, 
how do you fix anxiety? It's actually pretty easy. You confront the anxiety over and over and over again, and you become desensitized to that feeling. And suddenly, your interpretation of that feeling is no longer as substantial. You no longer feel as anxious. You no longer feel that bad. So the anxiety subsides. And don't get me wrong, there's anxiety disorders. I have OCD. And sometimes I feel like my, my face will melt and I'll get AIDS if I don't flip the light switch six times. And it's like, is that reasonable? No, not at all. But the option is either, well, I can give into the compulsion, I can keep flipping the light switch, I can take medication and try to numb myself, but not actually fix the problem, thus allowing the problem to fester and get worse. Or I can tell myself, it's okay that I feel this anxiety and it's deeply uncomfortable, it's disturbing, it's unsettling, but it's okay. I'm going to feel uncomfortable for a while. I'm going to let myself sit with it. I'm going to embrace the fact that this is scary for me, even though it shouldn't be. It's a disorder. It's a disorder for a reason. I'm going to embrace this. I'm going to sit with it. I'm going to let it pass. And in doing so, I teach myself that the thing that I was afraid of, that sensation that I'm going to die, my loved ones are going to die if I don't turn the light switch on and off and on and off. I start to slowly, slowly realize, excuse me, I start to realize that this is not actually going to happen. And my unconscious begins to learn that I can trust myself. It begins to learn that these things are not going to happen. And in that process, the fear subsides, the fear dissipates, it melts away slowly at first and then faster and faster. So that is the process. You confront your fears, you confront your anxiety. Fear and anxiety are a good thing. You should have them. You should feel them. If you do not feel any fear, that was kind of a tongue twister. If you do not feel fear, you are not doing anything worth doing. If you are not afraid of something, if you are not nervous about something, your life is meaningless. You're stuck. You're not moving. You should be afraid. You shouldn't be in constant terror, but you should constantly be confronting something that scares you. You should be constantly confronting something that is uncomfortable for you. If you're not, what are you doing with your life? You're standing still. You're not moving forward because change is always scary. And the, the, the trick is to learn to manage that fear, but also to figure out, like, what is your tolerance for that discomfort? Some people can, can take a lot of top, uh, discomfort. Some people really can't. Some people will spin out and go downhill very fast over minor inconveniences. So you know what? The goals for those two different people are going to be different. It's not about saying everybody needs to quit their job and start a business. It's not. It's not about saying, like, oh, everybody needs to go approach that person that, they're, that they have a crush on. Maybe it's not. Maybe for one person, confronting their fears is genuinely just going out in public, going to the movies with, with their friends. Maybe they have a genuine anxiety. And like going out to a party is a huge deal for them. Okay? And to somebody else, it's not a big deal at all. And so that person needs to go skydiving. <laughs> you know, like that's a genuine thing that they're afraid of. And it's like, it, it's about your personal confrontation with fear. As long as you are continuously pushing yourself, as long as you are continuously making yourself uncomfortable and doing the things that you believe are worth doing regardless of the emotional impact that they have on you, you will be successful as a person. I don't know what that success looks like to you, but you will feel fulfilled. You will be happy. You will, you will be proud of yourself. You will be able to look back on your day, on your years with a, a good feeling. You will understand that you did not let fear control you. And maybe the risks that you took don't look that big to somebody else. 
but they probably look huge to other people. Because a lot of people, it, they, 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 they justify their fears. They say, they say, no, 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 I'm not living in fear. I just don't want to do those things. Of course you don't want to do those things. But you also do. You do want to do them. You're just scared to do them. So it's kind of that, that push-pull, and you haven't learned to manage it properly. So that is my advice to you, to learn to confront your fear, to learn to confront those negative emotions. Take it in baby steps if you have to. You don't have to immediately go skydiving. I'm terrified of heights. I don't really have much intention of going skydiving, although it may happen soon, unfortunately, and I'm scared of that, um, to be totally honest. But it's not about being afraid. It's about, well, what do you do with that fear? Is it an experience that's worth having? Well, if it is, if you think that that's something worthwhile to you, then go do it. Take it one step at a time. You know, when I was moving up through the sales matrix, whatever, at first, just talking to people, just making a pitch was fearful, was scary for me. Pushing through one objection, pushing through one no, keep to, to keep talking after somebody said, ah, I'm not interested. That was scary for me. It really was. Like, that was so intimidating for me. Excuse me. For a long time, it was very intimidating for me. And then now, at this point, it, it's like, it's still kind of nerve-wracking a little bit, but I, I, I couldn't get stuck there. So then I went and I left, like, I left jobs. I, I went, I climbed the ladder. I went and, like, put myself in even more fearful positions, even scarier positions. And then over time, those, those little fears start to not look so bad anymore because the more competent you become, the bigger your problems get. But you also become better equipped to handle those problems. And you only grow when you're uncomfortable. You don't grow sitting still. You don't grow as a person sitting down thinking about your life. You can get some value from that, and you should take time ref to reflect. But if you're not actively doing something, you're fucked. And again... What that success looks like to everyone is different. For me, that may be a career thing. For somebody else, it may be related to like, I want to really create a healthy relationship with my family. I want to raise an awesome family. I want to have like a powerful community that I'm a part of. And that, that includes doing things that make me uncomfortable, like having hard, difficult conversations with people, setting boundaries. Um, you know, like, like whatever it could be, like there's, there's any number of things to somebody else that may have nothing to do with their career, but they are, they are an artist and they want to put beautiful art out in the world. And so like that, that, that involves a certain level of, you know, vulnerability because you're taking something and you're displaying it to the world and it is, it is out there for judgment. And that's, that's terrifying. It is, that's intimidating. And so maybe it's not about success, like in a material sense for them, but it's more about being able to make the world a more beautiful place. For some people, maybe it's an ideology. Maybe it's something they believe that things are wrong in the world and then they have an obligation, a moral obligation to speak up and do something about it. And so for those people, it's going to be a different path. It's going to be something that they do differently. It doesn't, like, your goals are personal. It's not about being just rich. It's not about just being uh, powerful. It's not about just being whatever. It's, it's picking something that you truly believe is the best thing for you. That is your potential. That is your purpose. And you go after it. And then you maybe realize that, hey, that wasn't coming from me. That was coming from somebody else. So I'm going to dig a little bit deeper. That's scary too, to think that, well, I dedicated all this time to becoming successful at X. And then you realize that, well, that comes from society. That comes from my parents. I had this idea that I'm going to be 
a doctor because that that's a good thing to do that's a wealthy position to be in it's an influential position it's respected and then i realized no society told me i should do that my parents told me i should do that or maybe you want to go in you want to start a business and it's like oh yeah i'm starting this business because i want to help people no you're not you're starting the business because you want money don't don't lie to me like you might also want to help people but you can help people other ways too like be realistic be brutally honest with yourself these things that i'm doing are my motivations coming from me from an intrinsic place or are they coming from the things that i have been told i should want the things i have been told i should do because again a lot of these systems they're they're invisible the social matrix that we live in the rules and regulations that define us that can that contain us that bind us they are invisible. A lot of them are unconscious. We're not aware of them until we start to really question them. And that takes a lot of courage, too, because you start to realize that the things that you have based your lives on are lies. They're not real. And that's terrifying. So, again, it comes down to what? Confronting your fear. It is the most powerful thing that you can do. And you just start with the habit. You just start by saying, OK, the things that I'm afraid of, I'm going to stand up for. I'm going to stand up against. I'm going to do something. It may, it may be something small. I may, I'm going to go rock climbing because I'm scared of heights. Okay. Maybe the goal is to one day go skydiving. But for now, I'm going to go rock climbing. I'm going to go like indoors on, on like a 20-foot wall. I'm going to go jump off these 10-foot cliffs into the water. I'm going to go like climb a mountain. I'm going to stand on the side of the mountain. I'm just going to be comfortable. Like whatever it is. Like it doesn't have to be this huge, dramatic, like, like honestly risky thing. As long as you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and then once that starts to become a little bit more comfortable, then you 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 escalate it. You take it to the next level Then you then because that now your comfort zone has expanded and then you're just constantly pushing yourself to confront your fear. You will see more personal growth doing that than anything else. I promise you this. But it takes discipline. It takes courage. And you don't have to be a courageous person to start this. You become a courageous person by doing this consistently. And you can start small, you can take baby steps. You don't have to do it all at once. You don't ever have to do anything at once. You gain momentum. That is the secret to life. If you start small, you pick up some speed, like a, an avalanche starting. And then things kind of take off from there. Things, things get out of control very quickly. And then you're moving very fast. Now you're doing a lot. And you look back and you're like, wow, that, just, that started so slow, but it picked up. And now it's like, I don't even want to stop. Yeah, because you have momentum. Because now you're doing something, now it feels good. Now you see the progress, now you see the tangible impact that it has on your life. And so it's something that you want to keep doing. Now you have the motivation, you have the encouragement, you're excited about it now. Now you start to redefine your fear. Now you start to look at your fear because excitement and anxiety are the exact same chemical reactions in your body. The only difference is how you interpret them. One person, you look at like, oh, well, I'm in love with this person. I'm so excited about this person. I get butterflies when I'm around them. What? So you get anxiety around this person and you interpret, <laughs> you interpret it as a good thing when it's, when it's about somebody that you're attracted to. But you have that exact same feeling when you're thinking about switching jobs. And it's like, fuck, I'm nervous, I'm anxious. You get that exact same feeling before you go into a social setting. And like, oh God, I have social anxiety, I can't go. And it's like, it's the same feeling. 
you're interpreting it differently. So when you start to become comfortable with fear, when you start to become comfortable being uncomfortable, you start to reinterpret those things that are happening inside of you. And you start to become aware of the fact that you have complete power over your internal experience of life. And you can choose to reframe that fear into excitement. And you can, you can know this intellectually. I can tell you about this. I've, I've done episodes on reframing before. I've done a lot of content on reframing. You can know that it works until you do it. You don't feel it. You don't understand the power of reframing until you apply it. So that's my encouragement for today. We're going to wrap it up. Go out there and do the things that are, that are scary to you. Thank you guys for listening. I know these episodes are getting longer and longer. Um, I think this one's about 45 minutes-ish. Um, yeah, I stopped. I stopped preparing anything. I started just talking. So we'll see how that goes. And also, guys, make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you are enjoying the content. Um, if you, I know if you're on Spotify, it's, it's in the description. I, I assume it's the same thing for other platforms as well. I only use Spotify, though. Um, but yeah, go ahead and subscribe if you are enjoying the content. Help support the show. Um, reach out to me if you have any questions. I am doing my best to respond to DMs. I can't always do it. I apologize, but I am making an effort. So be safe, guys. Good luck.